Amen. If you will turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 2, Galatians chapter 2, I'll be reading the last two verses, verses 20 and 21. Very powerful passage, and uh, I have prepared long and hard and excited about the message today, gone over it time and time again. I read through it again last night and prayed and did it again this morning before I left the house and also in my time in my study this morning. It is filled with encouragement. It is filled with knowledge to help us grow spiritually about who we are in Christ Jesus. Listen, Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. If righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. These two verses are probably the most well-known verses in the book of Galatians, especially verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. Most people know, that know anything about the book of Galatians know those two verses together give us the very essence. They provide a description of the words for what the Christian life is really all about. There are a lot of false ideas about the Christian life and, and what the Christian's life really is. There are some who believe that the Christian life simply means that there was a time when your life that you walked the aisle and you were baptized and you became a Christian and you were baptized. There are some who believe that the Christian life is about taking the Lord's Supper, and as long as you take the Lord's Supper, you participate in communion, that you consistently, then you are living the Christian life. Be careful. There are some who believe that the Christian's life is doing the very best you can, the very best you can to try to live by some code of ethics to do good things and the right things. And then there are some who believe that the Christian's life is just trying to do the best you can and live like Jesus, to be some kind of a, an imitation of our little Jesus Christ. Live like Jesus walk like Jesus, talk like Jesus, behave like Jesus. And that's what they believe the Christian life is, trying to be like Jesus. But I want to tell you, all of those things are not true according to the Word of God. The Christian life is not about baptism or joining the church. 
It's not about participating in uh, the Lord's Supper nor any code of ethics in your life, even though those things come along as you grow spiritually. The Christian life is not even trying to imitate the person of Jesus as though that, even though that has been taught many times in days past and still is to some degree. You would be a total failure if that's what you consider the Christian life. Because we fail to be like Jesus. We fail to walk like Jesus. We fail to talk like Jesus. We fail to act like Jesus. We fail to love like Jesus. We fail all the time. And if that's what you think the Christian life is about, you will wind up in a mess. The Christian's life's not even about total failure, trying to imitate Christ. And therefore, if you were your only... if. It, that were your only hope, I was going to say, for heaven, you wouldn't have any hope at all of ever getting to heaven. So what is, what is the Christian life? Simply stated, the Christian life is Jesus Christ himself. That's the Christian life. Jesus said it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. A Christian is a person who has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Not that they've walked an aisle. Not that they've been through the baptistry. Not that they've been voted into the membership of the church. It is someone who knows Jesus The Christian life is someone who has a personal relationship with him because they believed on him and his finished work and invited him to come into their life. It is not even trying to imitate the person of Jesus. As I said, you would be a told failure. For Jesus has told us that he is the life. But what does it mean to have a personal relationship with Jesus? What does it mean for him to be your life? It means you're related to him. And let me share with you from these two verses over the next few minutes five areas in which you're related to Jesus Christ. How are you related to him? You say, I'm a joint heir with Jesus. That's exactly right. But how has all that come into to being how how is that brought to fruition in your life first of all we are related to jesus christ in his crucifixion the very first words in these two verses is they are i am crucified with christ the bible teaches that jesus died so that's a very interesting thought because jesus is the author of life, and yet he died. Jesus was the creator of life, brought it into existence. In the book of John, John says, all things were created by him, and without him there was not anything created that was created. Jesus created life. He's the author of life. He is the giver of life. He's the sustainer of life. 
All life comes from him. And for him to die, for him to die on the cross is the most astounding paradox in all of history. Jesus Christ is God. He is the fullness of the Godhead in the flesh. Jesus is God. And it is an overwhelming thing to think that the one who is life and the one who gives life and the one who created life died on the cross. Died. Jesus died by crucifixion. You know that. He was nailed to a cross, and we have a cross here in our worship center to remind us that he went to the cross, and there he was hanged, and there he gave his life. Jesus died by crucifixion. But I can promise you, none of us would ever even fantasize about dying with crucifixion or by crucifixion. It is the most heinous it is the most suffering way of dying. It takes a long, long time from the time a person is nailed to the cross until death finally comes. It is a, a death that takes hours to accomplish with excruciating pain. It is the most vindictive form of capital punishment that the human race has ever come up with that anyone has ever conceived in their mind and here is jesus the son of god perfectly holy and righteous suffering and dying a criminal's death on the cross but we need to understand that jesus died by crucifixion for our sins he died for our breaking of the law. He died for our crimes that we've committed. He died for our sins. When Paul gave an account of what the gospel is, you remember in 1 Corinthians, he says, Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried and that he was raised from the dead. Paul said Christ died for our sins. The Bible says the wages of sin is death and he died for our sins. He took on that punishment. The Bible clearly teaches that death and sin are associated with by marriage with each, with each other. Where you find one, you find the other. Where you find one, sin, you find death. And when you find death, you find it is the result of sin. And they are joined together. The reason people die at all is because of the influence and effect of sin upon the human race. Every one of us sins. Every one of us is guilty. Every person who's ever breathed a breath of air other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself is guilty of sin. And coming with that, married to it, is death, the sentence of God. He who sins will surely die. The Bible says that by one man sin came and death by sin. You see, the sentence of death that reigns over all of us is because of sin. 
And yet the Bible declares to us that Jesus had no sin at all, yet he died. He died a death for us. The sentence of death that reigns over all of us is because of sin. And yet the Bible says Jesus had no sin, as I said. And how could he possibly have died? How? Because he took our sins upon himself. He became sin for us, the one who knew no sin. He took our sins upon himself. He took our greed. He took our sins of lust. He took our sins of jealousy, our sins of hatred and bitterness, our sins of lying, our sins nailed Jesus to the cross. And he took that punishment. He died for our sin. But he also died that we too might die. Follow me. That's why Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. What are we to die to? If we're to be crucified with Christ, what, what was he crucified to? Sin, taking on the sins of the whole world, becoming our sins. What are we to die to? We're to die, first of all, to self. Dying to self is not uh, eating humble pie. Dying to self is yielding over the reins of your life to someone else. And that someone else is the Lord Jesus Christ. He has the right to make decisions in your life. He has the right to give orders in your life. He has the right because he died for you. And we're to die to self. In Christ Jesus. We also die to the world. Oh, this world has a grand attraction, doesn't it? All the glamour, all the promises. It's glitter and it shines and it sparkles. And, 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 our, and, and as children, you see all of that. And as you grow in a young adult and so forth. It, it's, this world is very attractive to the flesh. And it invites us to be a part of it. It invites you to touch me, feel me. Taste me, have me. Ah, oh, the attraction of this world is strong in every human being's life. We sing about the bloodstained cross. You see, the crucified means we die to the attraction of the world. But when we sing about the bloodstained cross, the old song says, what a wondrous attraction for me. You see, the world finds no attractiveness in the bloodstained cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. They feel no attraction to his death on the cross, no attraction to his suffering and his death for us. But I tell you, for those of us who are born again, it is the most attractive thing in your life that Jesus gave himself for us. Not a little gold cross around your neck or one in your earring, ear, but the blood-stained cross is beautiful to the child of God. We're related to Jesus through his crucifixion. 
we're also related to Jesus in his resurrection. You see, a person who is in relationship with Jesus is not only related to him through his crucifixion, but the Bible says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. I want to tell you this morning, folks, Jesus is alive. Jesus came forth after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, and he came forth as the resurrected, glorified, living Lord, and he ascended to the right hand of the Father, and he's alive today. You can know him. You can talk to him. You can worship him. You can know his presence in your life. We're related to Jesus in his crucifixion. We're related to Jesus, as I said, in his resurrection. I'm crucified with Christ, but Christ lives in me. I want you to know they drove the nails in his hands and his feet. They hung him on the cross and they killed him. He was buried. They sealed the tomb. But even a sealed tomb couldn't keep him dead. He came out alive. He's alive today. Three days and nights, and he tore the bars away. And he who is dead is alive, the Scripture says, forevermore. Jesus is alive. He's not dead. He is risen, as he said, the Scripture says. Ah, oh, but I know a grander truth than that. I know something better than that. Jesus is alive. That's wonderful. But even more amazing is Jesus is alive in me. Hallelujah. The greatest thing of all is a personal relationship of a child of God with a risen Lord. He has moved into your life. You've been crucified with Christ, dead to the world, dead to sin, raised to walk in a newness of life, and you walk in that life, Jesus in you. Wow. He is, we're related to him in the resurrection. I can look inside of my life and see the reality of the resurrection. He's alive in me. Some folks seem to never know whether or not they're saved. I wonder about that. But I tell you to never know that the living Jesus is alive in you. Something is not right. To not know that he's alive because he lives in you and he, he's, he's there. I'm crucified, it says. That means I'm dead. I'm crucified. Nevertheless, I live, but not me, the scripture says. It is Christ living in me that's what christianity is jesus alive in me jesus living in my heart in my life not me trying to imitate him i make a total failure of that not me trying to be a little jesus but let him live in me the lord of my life he is life and he lives it 
through me. Oh, the glory. Oh, the glory in our lives to know that truth. Does that mean we're perfect people? You can look at a person all around you. And I wouldn't want you to say it to them, but you can just look at them and say, mm, they're not perfect. I want you to know, Joseph, you're not perfect. Carly's closer, but nobody's perfect. But the one who lives in the life of a Christian, of a real, truly born-again child of God, he is absolutely perfect in every way. And the purpose of him living in you and living in me is that he may live his life through me. Live his life through me and you. Oh, the glory of it. But thirdly, not only are we related to him in death and we're related to him in the resurrection, but according to the scripture, we're related to him through faith. Listen, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. Faith in the Son of God. That's the translation. I live by faith. I'm related to him by faith. What is the object of my faith? It is the Son of God. By faith in the Son of God. Well, look at it, what it says. Who loved me. Who loved me. He loves me. He loves you, brother. He, he loves you. You can trust somebody who loves you. He'll never lead you in the wrong direction. He'll never turn his back on you. He loves you with a wonderful, perfect, never-ending love. And that resurrected Jesus who died that you're to die with him, who lives that you're to let him live in you, he will be that life in you by faith, by faith. I'm related to him through his crucifixion. I'm related to him in his resurrection. And I'm related to him by faith. The old song says, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. In the dark night of your life, when everything seems to be crushing in and you have all kinds of doubts and fears and failures that have happened in your life, and every one of us, if you haven't had any failures, you, you must be an infant. We've had failures, but oh, there's a light comes shining through and gives me hope and peace and joy and satisfaction to know that I'm related to him by faith. Let me tell you these last two. We're related to him on the basis of grace. It means to nullify or to make void or to set aside or to re render worthless is on the basis of grace. 
You see, beloved, you and I can be related to Christ because of the grace of God. Paul said, I do not nullify the grace of God. You nullify the grace of God. If you do, you can't be saved. Only God's grace can have a, give you a relationship with the holy God. It's not that you've earned it. It's not that you've gotten good enough. It's not that you've made the right choices. It is the only choice when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work on Calvary. You are crucified with Christ. Yet I live, but not I, but Christ lives in me by the faith that he's given me in his grace. Paul said, I do not nullify the grace of God. Only by God's grace can we have a relationship with God. John Newton, a great hymn writer, I want you to listen to this. This is one you've never sung. He wrote these words. Alas, I knew not what I did, but now my tears are vain. Where shall my trembling soul be hid? For I, my Lord, have slain. A second look he gave, which said, I freely all forgive. This blood is for thy ransom shed. I die that thou shall live. Thus, while his death my sin displays in all its blackest hue, such is the mystery of grace it seals my pardon too. With pleasing grief and mournful joy, the spirit now is filled that I should such a life destroy, yet through that life I killed, I live. Is it any wonder that the same man, John Newton, wrote these words? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I'm, I see. You see, we're related to him by the crucifixion. We're related to him by his resurrection. We're related to him through faith in him. And we're related to him by his sovereign grace. And his sovereign grace alone. And then the last thing, according to this scripture, I'm related to him by nature. Boy, the, some theologians really rebel at that thought. I'm related to him by nature. His nature is not our nature. Well, it didn't used to be. <laughs> but look at verse 21. I do not frustrate, cast away is another way of saying it, the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ died in vain. What does that mean? It means that righteousness cannot come by the law. Jesus did not die in vain because through his death, the righteousness of God comes into my life. I didn't used to have the righteousness of God. 
I didn't used to have the peace of God. I didn't used to have the, 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 the life of God living in me. I didn't have that. But Jesus, through his death and his burial and resurrection, he has given me a change. He changed me. He, he transformed me. I'm not what I used to be. You're not what you used to be. You're somebody in Christ. Or you say, I'm a child of God by adoption, preacher. Well, I am too. But listen to the rest of it. I once was an outcast, stranger on earth, a sinner by choice, and an alien by birth. But I've been adopted. My name is written down. I'm an heir to a mansion, a robe, and a crown. I'm a child of the king, a child of the king. With Jesus, my Savior, I'm a child of the king. I've been adopted, but I want to tell you something else. When I got adopted, I who was an alien and not in his family, he adopted into his family, and then he infused his very nature into my life. And now the righteousness of God indwells me. You see, there was a day when my father was the devil. There was a day when I was lost and in sin and, and did not have a relationship with the heavenly father. A day when the, the, my father was the devil. He never did love me. He, all he did is use me. That's all he ever did with you is use you. And I owe him nothing. He's not my father because I have been adopted and not only have I been adopted, I have been imputed the righteous nature of almighty God. I'm his and I'm his alone. Hallelujah. For me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. Do you hear that? For me to live is Christ. I'm crucified, I'm dead, but I'm alive through Christ. Yet it's not me. It is not me. It is him living in me. And I'm in on it on the basis of his grace and his grace alone. I've put my faith and trust in him who loved me and gave himself for me and offered that life to me and convicted my heart of my lostness and my need of a savior and my need of turning from my sin and embracing his holiness and righteousness. And when I did, I was birthed into the family of God. Yes, I've been adopted, but a birth took place. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. And those who come to Jesus have been born of the flesh, but they're immediately born of the spirit and you become a child of God. God, a child of God, joint heir with Christ Jesus, all because of God's amazing grace. Any good that I ever do, any good you ever do, is not because you're good, 
It's not because I'm good. It's because of the one who is perfectly good has taken up residence in our lives. And the life that we now live, Paul says, we do so by the power of the Son of God who lives in each of us. Isn't it great to be related to Jesus? Isn't it great to be related to the Father through what Jesus has done? Related in his death, related in his resurrection. You've been given new life, died to self, and live in Christ Jesus. You're related to him in all of these ways. And it had nothing to do with anything you could accomplish for him. It has everything to do with what he has accomplished in you. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for using the Apostle Paul, who at one time had been Saul of Tarsus, who hated you in the church and, and had no respect for Jesus. But Lord, you arrested his attention. You called him unto yourself, and he fell down before you and asked you, what shall I do? And you saved him. And you called him into your family. And then you called him to be a minister of the gospel. And you called him to be an apostle to the Gentiles. And Lord, thank you for using him in so many different ways. But in this particular passage we look at today, help it to come real, become real in our lives that I am crucified with Christ, yet not I live but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live is because of his grace. It's because of his purchase he made on Calvary and because of his call, his love, and his will. Lord, help us to walk in that truth every day. In Jesus' name, amen.